Let's create a pivotal impact. Friends in the industry. So I'm Josh Hanneberg, your host here at the Truck Focus Podcast. And our mission here is simple. We're connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. So before we get started today, I just wanted to touch on something quick. So our industry, the transportation industry, is full of really incredible people making an impact each and every day. Furthermore, there are a lot of really incredible people looking to create a pivotal impact, looking to make a difference, but at times they're honestly just not sure where to start. So whenever I have a conversation with a professional that I can tell has a desire to serve and to make a difference, I get super excited and also try my best to encourage them to be a light whenever possible, because far too often, all we hear about is the negative side of our industry. So my encouragement, if you're a professional in our industry wanting to make a difference, wanting more opportunities to make a difference, really just start with taking pride in how you operate. So how if you're a professional driver, dispatcher, whatever it is, take pride in operating safely, providing excellent customer service, but also being someone that's known for lending a hand or helping others when you really don't have to. So my encouragement to organizations in our industry is to really identify who within your organization are professionals that are going above and beyond and that are people that you can rely on. Because these people, they're your champions, they're your brand ambassadors, but also they're people that you can rely on to encourage others to work for your organization, but also to work safely when they're there to do the best that they can. This leads us to today's interview. So I'm super excited to speak to my buddy, Francois Spaniel, professional driver at Bola and Logistics, about his journey in our industry as he's been operating over the road for nearly 30 years. So during our conversation, Francois does an incredible job highlighting the value Bola and Logistics brings to our industry, but also how proud he is to be working there, operating safely, operating as a professional, and being a champion for their organization. And he shares some incredible insights that will help other professionals be successful. So I highly recommend that you learn more about Bowline Logistics by simply visiting their website, bowlinelogistics.com, to see the services that they offer. I've included the link directly in the show notes. So before we get started today, I did want to take a moment just to say thank you. So if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus podcast, I really do welcome you. And I'm just super grateful that you're taking the time to listen, but also to our dedicated community. I just really appreciate the fact that you continue to show up, take the time to listen, but more so that you're applying the knowledge and information shared by our industry leaders, just like Francois, that are creating a pivotal impact so you can create a pivotal impact in your day-to-day interactions. So I'm super excited for the impact today's conversation is going to have. Let's Francois, welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. I'm super excited for our conversation today in a couple of regards. So first off, just your journey. I think it's pretty fascinating. And as I'll learn more and as our community learns more today, I think it's really powerful. Um, again, getting to how you got to where you are today, nearly 30 years behind the wheel, I think is super exciting as well as, yeah, just to learn a little bit more about your time at Bowline Logistics, what it's like hauling flat deck. And I think we're going to have a really good conversation. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here and welcome. And like I said, you know, Edith Chariot, that's my best partner. So, and also welcome on the first podcast of uh, the first alien at Bonham Logistics. That's how American called it, like aliens, <laughs> foreign workers. Yeah. So, yeah, glad to be here. That's awesome. Yeah. Where are you parked right now? I know you're in your rig, but where are you parked right now, just so our listeners know? I'm just at the Petro Pass, west of the Calgary on Number One. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful spot for sure. And uh, yeah, I can see the mountains, right? I see you, but I see the mountains too. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's foggy, but it's great to be here. 
Yeah, that's good, man. It's good. So to start us off, why don't you kind of give us the recap um, just of your journey in, uh, I'd say this in life. And yeah, what um, your yeah journey is, obviously, so you came to Canada and then what life has been like since you've been operating over the road in Canada and across North America. Okay, so we're going to go back, like I said, like almost five decades ago. Uh, I was born and raised in northeast of France, uh, close to the Tambo in Germany. And I was a happy kid, like, you know, and when I was four years old, uh, my, my dad had a neighbor and he was a truck driver. So they put me in that work truck and I was circling the, the, the area. And that was it. Trucking for me was not really like, I wasn't like every kid, like being a pilot or being like something else. I was, like I said, I love my nails. I wanted to be a mother for nails, but <laughs> I was dreaming back then. So then life goes on and at some point in life, you got like parents split, uh, split right? So things happen, and then you, mom, dad, dad, mom, and you know, like every, a lot of kids are like that, but I didn't like it. So I start to be like, uh, I was seven, and I was like self-dependent. I was trying to be on my own and really precocious, like you said. And then uh, that's with when freedom starts to grow on me, right? And so I start to. Because I didn't really understand, like a lot of kids don't really understand what parents do that. So I tried to make them pay as well, do some bad stuff and everything. But I just wanted to get away. So they sent me to that place, like Rehabilitation Center, kind of the name as well. And I was there and I was playing soccer and everything. And like when I turned 11, it looked like I wasn't that bad. So they sent me to a detection center to be a professional soccer player and I was enjoying life and at some point and we still far away from trucking, way far away from trucking. I got that goal now to be a soccer player and then one day sometimes when you don't do when when you're into center, they send you home. So one night I, I was home at my dad and everything and he was watching that movie with arm wrestling, a guy was fighting for his son custody and everything and trucking and like over the top. I was watching that, that movie with one eye, and I said, oh, that's a good way to, that's a good way to be free, you know, so maybe at the second career, in like, some years, uh, after soccer and everything, well, let's do that, that's the best way to be free, You're on the road, you see, you see uh, countries and everything, you meet people, culture and everything, which is my thing, and unfortunately, karma came, I had a traffic accident, and a motorcycle traffic accident, I get hit by a car, my knees was wrecked. Seven fractures over. So, soccer. So, it looks like, okay, I'm gonna become a truck driver sooner, sooner as expected, right? And I was, yeah, 16 and a half. I was looking, so, time to recover, and I was looking around for, for the driving school, right? Because in Europe, we have degrees in trucking. We go to school for two years, and we do everything, safety, like, square more. And I was looking at now, I was seven, I was keeping school, I'm not going to do that at 17. So, find a different way. So, I went to the army, 28 months. 28 months in the army, so I I signed up. And when you sign up in French in the army, they give you the possibilities to choose what you want to do. So, I choose the transportation division. And I was piloting tanks, driving tanks, like a war tank, you know and driving trucks and everything.
after that, we ended up in 93 when I get out. July 1st, 93 was my first day trucking in the, I would say, civil out of the army. So, anyway, we are. And uh, that's how I became a truck driver. It wasn't the passion when I was a kid. Uh, I'm like every kid. I love trucks. I love everything on wheels. The train, trucks, plane, everything. But I wasn't meant to be a truck driver. I have different wish, right? And then life made that happen. And I'm glad it did. Hey, Josh here. Just a quick interruption of our conversation. So really want to encourage you to learn more about Bowline Logistics by visiting their website, bowlinelogistics.com. I've included the link directly in the show notes. Let's get back to the episode. So from 93 to 2000, they were the best year in trucking ever. Because simply, it was 30 years ago. No electronic device, no cell phones. No tracking because everything is connected to freedom. I hate to be tracked. I hate to be like, and back then, also, you were on the side of the road, you had to break down. We could stop. Everyone was stopping, helping each other and everything. And that was the best year in trucking in Europe. Then the 2000 decades came. When I was a kid in 2000, we were supposed to have flying cars, but science fiction. And everything, like we were dreaming all of that in the 70s and 80s. Didn't happen. Instead of that, we have, it's gonna sound mean, but it's not the way I'm gonna say it. Like, we have a bunch of wannabes coming from outer space who landed on Earth, and that's where it's fucking changed. In 2000, in Europe, I'm not speaking about here, because I came in 2008. In Europe, it started to change, and we start to have electronic clouds. And all, and tracking device and everything. And I didn't really like it so much. Like, I was like, but I had a job to do. I like traveling. I've, I've been at that age half, half of the planet, half with three quarter. I've been pretty much everywhere besides Asia. And so I still love it because of that. The freedom you can have being in a truck. You, you never, the same, uh, the same place every night. That's what I love. In my life, I move 20 times, at least. I always be on the move. I always like it. And so I was going, working in the deep. So from 93 to 97, I was working in France. Then 97, 2001, I was in Hamburg, Germany. 2001, 2007, Netherlands. Then 2007, 2008, I came back one year in France. In the meantime, in 2005, I came here, but I ended up in Quebec. Okay, so I ended up in 2005. I flew here in 2005, and I was in Quebec and everything. I have some interviews and everything, and I really didn't like it. I I don't know. I felt something. Oh, I'm not going to like it. I just back home. I went home, and I keep going to work in Italy and everything, and then I still have that dream, like when Stallone won that A64 at the end of the movie. It's a Volvo, but it's a beautiful truck. And he's leaving, and he's going to Arizona. I want to be there. Right? I never wanted to be to immigrate in Canada. I'm going to be honest. My dream was always the States. So, when I went back uh, in 2005 in Europe, I began in Netherlands and everything, and then I got that Eating me inside. I need to go. So I was married by then. I told my wife, well, it's time for me to go. I need to realize that. 
and I wasn't meant to be to, to leave thirty years, right? So we start to do immigration in the States. And again, we go back to freedom, we go back to tracking and everything. What they were when what they were asking me, I don't want to be naked on the papers to have the right to work because we should be able to write to work anywhere we want and live anywhere we want. And they were like, well, you have to do this, this, this. And I'm not going to do that. So a friend of mine told me, look up, north. Hey, it's here. The time you eat the yogurt here, you have to work permits. So I did that. And I get the work permits. So I went back to, because it takes like about three months to have it. I went back to Europe. Keep working when I got my work permit. Everyone in the plane, including the dog, and we flew here and we landed in Winnipeg. Well, so we ended uh, we uh, ended up in Winnipeg. Like I mean, a couple hours west of Winnipeg, we made those go down, start working for the guy there for a year. That's my the beginning of my career in Canada. Uh, working about a year for him, and then I wasn't really. Like I am today, at some point you have to unmask the different these guys because you have to protect yourself. And then, which I did, he didn't really like it. Because the thing you need to know, like Canadian, all these people who are going to see this podcast, immigration is not just a simple thing. It's really, can be, it's something we can be, can be really complicated. Also, you can be exploited. You know, like they can use you. And I'm not a slave, right? Because when you want work permit, they can ask you to do whatever you want, whatever they want, sorry. And if you don't do that, they can always say, okay, man, you don't do that, the door is there. And if you have a work permit, you cannot work. And you have a wife, you have a kid. So it's really complicated because you have no choice. You have to go against your belief, right? To still have a job, to still feeding your family. And I did that, and it was terrible. And then I said, I'm no longer going to do that. I find another work permit, and I moved to New Brunswick because I wanted to go Labrador, Newfoundland, the East Coast, and everything, which I wasn't doing much from Winnipeg. So I got a work permit there, and then it was even worse there than Winnipeg. <laughs> so, but I was still on work permit, and they were asking me to do crazy stuff, driving 20 hours a day, and all kind of stuff, and everything, and I was like, I'm not going to do that, even if you have no results. We all did some bad stuff when we were on paper, but they were like pushing, pushing, go, go. If you don't do it, the door is there. Always stop. Don't fit me. Stop. I I told my wife we go home. So July 2010, I quit my job. I was looking for another work because you need a work permit to work in Canada, and it was taking three months. So I say okay. In, in the meantime, we're going to go back to Europe. So in July 2010, we went back to Europe. And uh, I worked two months, two and a half months there during the process of my new work permit. When I got it, I came back here in October 2010. Back to Winnipeg, different companies, and I was better. Oh, yeah, it, it's quite a story. Wow, so yeah, like, man. What we are today with Tyler, which is the, the best boss ever. And... It didn't happen. It is a long way, a long process. And then, so I came back here. We all came back here, and then it was a bit better. At that point, we had enough time to ask for permanent residency, which we did. 
And then that's when the life in Canada really be became. Because when you work permit in Canada, like I said, they can do whatever they want with you. If you don't apply, well, you just have to go back home because they can find any reason to fire you, right? So I came back, I applied for reason permanency and everything. We got it in 2011, something like that. And then after that, I was in Manitoba for a couple of years. Then we moved in British Columbia. Always traveling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We moved to uh, Surrey, British Columbia. And then I liked it. It was nice. You could put partying on the weekend and everything. But the, the winter was tough. Raining all the time. I hate that. So we stayed four years there. And I was working uh, still for the company in Manitoba. We're living in BC. And it was complicated to go home and everything because we don't have to sweat all the time to make it going home. So at some point I said, okay, I'm sick and tired of the rain, anyhow, let's move to Calgary. Then we moved to Calgary in 2017. Best city in Canada for me. So family life, the mountains, it's like you got the city because I'm a city person. And then as soon as you go up the city, you have the wilderness. Right? It's it's really great city for me. Well, I just moved with a friend, uh, Stefan, who works with us uh, in Lacombe. Like, um, but I'm still on to see my son in Calgary and everything. I love the city. And so then when we moved in 2017, I was working for Dr. Freight. And, well, company was okay, but wasn't really getting along with my boss. And which many of them, by the way, <laughs> Make it simple, right? I was mostly like uh, the person getting really angry because again, so my 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 point of freedom is really high. So sometimes I really, I really have a hard time to to deal with some stuff and everything. So I get in in the two really fast, and then they don't like it, and which I understand. But in the other way, I just like I don't like it, so I just leave, and then I don't leave like the the best way sometimes, but you know, I temper a lot. And then, so we're back in Calgary, and uh, so I dispatched there in uh, a doctor, and so I quit them. I, I left the doctor. So we are in May 2018, yes, when I left doctor. And I was looking around for the job, and I've seen like a, a job from online logistics. And I look at the name, and I said, Oh, that was my dispatch from doctor actually who moved. I go line logistics. And I was okay, I'm not going there. My, my wife at that time told me, give it a try. Maybe the person is better there because he was not that great because of the companies. But if it was me, I would have never called. But she told me, give it a try. So I called and sent an email and they respond to me. And you are actually that person. Oh, hey, it's fine, it's fine. And you think, oh, yes, it's a job for you if you want. Okay, so I went for an interview. Tyler was still in Regina back then, so I've met his partner from Poland Point for at that time. Uh, I went there and I got the job. And I was like my, like my friend Andy's, who's still working with us at Poland State, and other trucking companies, like, you know, basic companies. Like, And I started there, and it was honestly just like normal companies, not the high standard we are today. You know, it, it, it took time and then 
So I was there doing my job. And, and again, like a lot of drivers, I'm passionate by trucking, but I'm 10% passionate from the amount they are, you know, because like I said, I wasn't destined to be a truck driver, but I love it. If not after three years, I wouldn't do it, right? But sometimes it's just like, what I'm doing this. I still question me sometimes and everything, you know, when I, when I heard this man, he's so passionate and everything. I love that. I'm not that anymore, you know, but that's okay. I still do my job. I still do entire open minds too, without even noticing it, you know, especially these companies. Now so you hit a couple of points and again, I wanted you to run with it. Part of it is because of before we hit record, there's a couple of things that you said in regards to setting the stage. And I think a couple of things are clear is one, you're very dedicated, you're very dedicated to your craft. But I like when you talk about like you like the freedom, you like to adventure and you like to see things because your story shows that your story shows. Yeah, I'm willing to give that a try. And you know what you like and what you don't like, which I think is a really good. It's a good tool to have because I think a lot of people just settle. I guess it's as good as it's going to get. It's like, no, no, no. So I really admire that. And I like that you've been able to explore, obviously, different parts of Canada from a resident standpoint, living here, working here. But now, obviously, as you're just driving all over the place, you're seeing so many different components. So when you first wanted to come to the States, and because with Bowline, you're, you're operating all over North America, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you I been to that area? Have you been to the, it was by Arizona, you said that you wanted to go to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been many times. It's when uh, you leave Las Vegas and you go back to uh, Utah. So you go north east of Las Vegas and you cross the, can- cross the Grand Canyon and you cross the, the canyon in uh, Arizona to, to go inside Utah, to St. Rose, Utah. If I have to leave, if I have to leave some, someday in the state, that's where I want to leave, St. Rose, Utah. South, it's close to Bryce Canyon, close to, it's wonderful. I've been there. Yes, I took that road. I many times I took the 66. I've been pretty much there everywhere. Yeah. Nice. nice. I've only been in my 15 and a half years the age when I would take out says nothing much to go there, right? So it's not I've been everywhere. From Yukon yeah. to Alaska, Yukon all the way east, from Maine all the way to California to Washington to Florida. I've been everywhere. Nice. Yes. nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's exciting. And especially again, when you go back to like, I can see the shift. And I was watching your face when you're talking about when the accident happened, when you were destined to be a soccer player and a professional soccer player to that, when you said that trucking could be a second career to, okay, I guess I'm going to get into trucking. And then how you got into trucking through the military or through the army, like all of those things, I think it's a really it's cool to watch the dots get connected because I think a lot of times people don't get that opportunity to say, well, this is actually how I got to where I am today. And this is where I'm headed. I think a lot of times people just don't even really think about it or they've never asked that question. So that's why, again, I wanted you to run with it because it's really fascinating for me being like, man, your journey in industry is so different than mine. <laughs> so cool. So I think that's really sweet. And then the, um, so again, you you work for a couple of carriers, obviously here, which also is, I think is, it speaks again to different opportunities in our industry. You don't have to stay where you are, but when you find a place that you like and you're willing to stay and invest time and energy and Tyler's a great leader. So I like how you said he helped you open your eyes without you realizing that, because I think that's a gift that Tyler has when he's working with people that he really respects. And he's got a world of respect for professional drivers that are operating under Bowline. I think that's definitely something to be worth mentioning. So what's your, 
I guess, commutes like with bowline, are you, is it open flat deck that you're doing step deck or what are you hauling right now? So right, right now I'm in step deck. I got two, uh, I got a couple of tanks going to Kelowna. I'm going to Kelowna. It's just like a, a big uh, saving uh, tank, storage tanks. Why is it? I don't know. Water in it or this one. At Boline, uh, also, even in my career in Europe, I was doing a viol. Uh, at Boline, I thought I was doing a viol. At Boline, I, I did a viol. I did mostly step deck. Because now we have two divisions, uh, Tyler, Shepard, a viol from step deck. Before, it was the same. So I was jumping on and off. And then a couple weeks ago, I needed to be in a viol. Okay, I switched. I went back to the viol. I did the rounders and and then so you might understand. Because again, I have to admit to 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 do heavy oil. I loved it. I really loved it. But when I did those two trips, when I came back I said, Oh man, you're not in. Like me, not in. So I talked to her, I said, you know what? I love to do it, but at this moment I'm just not in. So put me back on step deck. You know, everyone's safer and everything. Sometimes you you're not you cannot be in the game hundred percent, right? And we all human. And then, uh, well, okay, maybe in two, three, four months, we never know. But probably right now, I want to be back on setek. And no question asked, okay, and back on setek. So to start the story with Boline, yeah, I'm Australian, so my hands move out. It's <laughs> awesome, man. It's good. Um, so like I said, Boline went Bono, uh goes on everything like. Regular job, honestly, just job was better than some other companies, but was just talking companies. So then we, we arrived in January and when Tyler and his partner decided to split. And so that we got the email, well, sorry guys, uh, we shut down February 12th. Okay. And I was like, okay, you just close the door. I'm going home because like I said, it wasn't great. But it was still better than the companies I worked here. And I said, there's no way I'm going to work for less than what I was doing here. You know, especially when you have the status, you have, you have experience, you have everything. I'm not going to drive 57 miles, you know. There's no way. So I told Ahmed Tyler, like, early February in Regina. And, oh, sorry, man, I'm sad to leave you, to see you go. And I said, well, you were great. And we had the talk and everything. And we shook hands. And we say, uh, next time you, you come in Europe, like Tyler and, and his wife, you come to Europe, come by, we have a, we have a meal and everything. Uh, you always be there. I mean, always be in touch and everything. That was it. I left and I was the last driver coming back, uh, when they shut down, February 12th, Wednesday afternoon. I was the last. I went, cleaned out my truck, went in the office, gave them the key back and everything. And that was it. I went home. I told my wife, okay, in two weeks, two and a half, we pack up, we go home. I'm not working here anymore. Five days. Sold up. Same night, Tyler. Are you still there? Yeah. I don't want to let you go. I don't want to let the companies go. I'm not going to let anything go. I get everything back. I mean, let me know. That's how it happens. So he said, okay, give me a few days. I have to, like, my owner, uh, the boss of the company has to, like, get the truck back for solo stuff. And which he did, which was amazing. And then, 
I get back on the 12th, February 26th. March, 20, 20, March 7, Stefan and Indy were the, the first real new drivers at Bolai. So we were three. And then we had Brandon, I saw his name, but this is at Bolai, uh, was working in the shop in Regina, came along and started driving again. And then we had Kevin, who fortunately is no longer with us, and then Tommy. And that's the six original. Tommy, Andy, Stefan, uh, Kevin, Brandon, and I. That's the sixth original of Boline 2.0. And from scratch, with that amazing boss, we get back on track, and we get back in the business and everything, and now we are here. And and then get along some other drivers and everything. And what I'm going to say, it's like Boline is different. And not because I'm there, it's because I've been a lot of companies. And when you have a boss, like, when you do a mistake, which I did a few months ago, like, no one is infallible. I did a mistake a few months ago. We talk it out. That was a reason in a lot of companies to get fired. Right? I cannot detail it. It's just like, but just to say it was something consequent, like, right? We talk it out and he said, I'm just going to tell you one thing. You will never do it again. It will never happen to you again. Right? And he's right. And uh, so he's for second chance, always. He's, and you understand, like, online is a business, obviously. And don't get me wrong, we're sharks. From the business, we are sharks. But between all of us, we're 1% away from a family. And I like you want your on your uh, father first, husband first. I love that. But, like, you know, you can be, like, a team. Family is your wife and your daughter. And you can be in the middle. But we are more than the middle. We are way close to family. And Tyler makes that happen. Because he is family oriented first. He loves families and everything. He has a wonderful families. And he loves his drivers. We're not numbers here. We are respected. If something wrong, we can call him and talk it out. And then, okay, I can do it. Okay, let's do this. He's always on the way. This guy has 1,000% humanity more than me. I don't know where he gets that, but it's there. It's a fact. He's, he's good for hiring at the beginning the good people because from them, from there, we kind of hire drivers. He's not really, he's looking out, obviously, but from the six, I brought you, Stefan brought you, and then, uh, and this one brought, and that's how we became Borline 2.0, and strong as we are today. And so about behaving and everything, it is really, he really understood, like, to have a, bus a business is running, you need to be for the people. Because without the people, no matter what, you won't have a business. Some people try business, business, business. Why? If the people, if the people jump all the time, you cannot maintain a good team and a reputation. Us at Bullrine, we're all there because it's for the people. No one's leaving. And when you have happy people, good people, presentable people, because this, this like dressing, dressing code. It's really important, and for me, it's really yeah. 
crazy thing. So when you got that, then you have it to the companies. Oh, you're gonna in logistics drivers? Yes, and you dress like nicely, not like dirt, like and you shave correctly. Presentation. Yes. Uh, always uh, the first time someone sees you, that's what he's gonna retain. First impressions, yes. always. Yes. Right. So when you have drivers who present uh, nicely, who are polite. my life 
to be that, traveling, to be independent. I'm independent for a long time, but being able to do it in a company too, it's wonderful. Yes. And that's what Bolan brought me. Yeah. And I'm, you can see my face. Um, and I'm, it's a, it's a, it's a job, but it's more than that. Honestly, it's more than that. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm, uh, Bolan. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great to see. And again, we're it's obviously video and audio. So if you're listening just on audio, I do recommend you check out the YouTube video because just watching your face and seeing the pride that you speak with, uh, the company, obviously, of your team, of the family environment, of Tyler, of Cindy, I think all of those things are... That's a big part of my mission is to really amplify the good in our industry. And that's exactly what you just hit, is reasons you feel respected as a professional. You've learned a lot of this stuff 20 years ago, but you're still learning every day and you're in environments where I feel respected and I'm part of this journey, not just I'm a number, which I think I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something I've noticed too, is people have names and you're respected, you're spoken highly of. And when you're at a customer, it's just like, great, Bowline's here, not, oh, you're here again. But I think a lot of that comes down to you and the team where it's like, I will dress nicely when I show up and I will be presentable and I will be respectful. Like, So you hit a lot of things there where, again, our industry could really learn from. So I really appreciate that. So when you're planning, because again, you're traveling all over the place, but when you're planning your trips, you know that you're going to be working with customers, you know, you have to tie cargo down properly, all that type of stuff. How are you, I guess, managing that as yourself? Because again, coming with almost 30 years of experience, you can do it with your eyes closed, I'm sure. But how do you plan that? So you're, again, you're meeting your on arrival times and you know that you're not getting pulled over at scales, that kind of thing. How do you manage that? I, I honestly, that's a good question because I don't have really the answer. I think it might be like, I always was in geography, history, all kind of stuff. I love that. And I don't know, planning times. I got that. Since like 30 years ago, it just came like this. I just like, a really fast learner. I'm self-taught. I don't really, that was kind of problem sometimes. I wasn't really asking. So you do mistakes, but not mistakes like to involve the companies, but like, I mean, mistakes like, uh, why you don't really know you're going to California, you need to be 40 foot away from the fifth wheel, you bust and you then with the triaxle. Hey, First year, you don't know. You get there, oh, $200 ticket. Okay, trust me, you know. Oh, I'm self-taught. And I learn like this, learn like this, learn like this. Planning trips is just like, why oh, you ask me now how many miles is to uh, Regina? Boom, 400. I know it. I just know from there to there how many miles. I know I know the road also. I, I memorize visually everything. I can picture the house at the corner in the middle of nowhere out of Kansas. I know exactly on 83, there's a house there. There's a, there's a the, uh, how you call it, like the, to close the window, like the. Yeah, the shadows are in blinds. Yeah, yeah it's broken and one is blue, the other one. I, I, I recognize this. So when CD asked me, uh, ETA, in a second, boom, boom. Okay, great. And I'd, I would say, always an hour fault, you know, an hour in case you stop at the scale, like you mentioned, in case you like, you miss like waking up after 20 minutes or like, but mostly at one hour close, I'm there. It's just like, I don't know. I never work on it. It just came this way. And then, like I said, memories, memorizing roads, knowing the time you need to, because especially here, time doesn't really change besides the big cities. But when you start to be out there, like in uh, Nebraska, North Dakota, 
Spillemæssigt over, så det time to have wings på hjemmesiden sagen. Beside the weather, obviously. So, the only one who can make me mistaken, it's Mother Nature. That's all. And if Mother Nature is, you can be stuck with day, so it doesn't change your thing. Like, uh, if I say the customer can be the Monday morning 8, and actually I got a huge snowstorm, and actually I'm there Wednesday, it does, the fact I'm not there doesn't make a, a big deal on my timing anymore, because it's Mother Nature. And that's the only thing you cannot plan into a thing. But that's also a fact too, as long as you know how to plan, how the road you're gonna take, the most efficient. Because sometimes you can do 100 miles detour, but it's interstate. You save fuel. Because even if I'm not an owner of I wash my fuel. Because I was uh, a bonus and paying color, a total of share like on the fuel, especially today, right? So, and that's part of the planning. Which road you're gonna take, the road you have, the, the way you carry, and everything. Sometimes it's Rather do 200 miles detour, you're gonna save a lot of money on fuel. By crossing this port, Idaho, it's bad. Hello, crossing in goods. It's 160 miles detour, but it's all interstate. Crossing goods is up, down, windy road, and everything, you, you burn more fuel. So, how it happens? Just like this. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it helps me to know, like, geography too. Even before coming here, I knew exactly where, where each state is where. And not like if you go in France now, besides Quebec, you don't Canada. When you say, oh, I live in Canada, oh, you're in Quebec. No, no, Quebec is just a little part of Canada. There's a lot after, right? <laughs> so, but they don't know Calgary, they don't know Vancouver, they don't know Winnipeg, they don't know Wido. They know nothing in France. It's just like Quebec. Because why? French people are too lazy to learn languages. <laughs> so they move to Quebec and it's French. So, yeah. And yeah. so they do the easiest way. So now just to finish on that, it's just like, I know, I know how to plan and without even blinking, uh, when they call me, I know exactly when I'll be there and how to organize the load, situating a load and everything. And okay, put that now. Oh, well, you got that. Okay. We move it to this and then, and we, and LTL, that's how we make money. That's how we get into business and you need to be good at Tetris and. And I'm pretty good with that. So yeah, man. Like, uh, yeah. No, I think that's fascinating. The uh, especially when you're doing LTL, you're doing multiple stops or multiple pieces. And to that point, though, so when you're communicating, say with newer drivers, if it's with Bowline or just you just happen to see someone maybe at a truck stop, you can tell that they're just not as experienced. Are you able to coach them in certain things just to basically help them out? Because again, we all start somewhere. I think that's really important, but we can all get somewhere too. And you're just, you're living evidence of that to say you've been able to do a lot. And because of that, you can do a lot. And the fact that you can see that house with a broken shutter that could be three days away that's a pretty sweet navigation system versus the Google Maps. So, but yeah, when you're working with new drivers, are you able to kind of pass some of that knowledge on? Like just saying, hey, try this, maybe try that? I I did it in the past. I hope it worked for some. But as a matter of fact, I made Tyler, Tyler hire the French guy six months ago. He was in from Quebec. Well, he's from France. He was working in a company in Quebec. It just happened when he, he, he's with us. And so we started with first January 17th. And he wasn't doing at all what we do. He was just doing like skidoo, some stuff like that, and never oversized like we do. And not speaking English as well. 
So I was trying to tell him like about the Wyoming, like when you're in Wyoming, you have to go there three hours before to have the permit and everything. So I was, my problem is, it's not like I don't like to teach people. I like it. I like to to share my knowledge. Uh, but what I like to do is when I share my knowledge, take some notes, learn from them, make some effort. And when I see like, even like, Sometimes some message and everything. It gets me on nerve because everything is asking again today. I told him. And he's asking again and again and again. And at some point, well, it's nice to be taught. You, you, like you said, we always, we all started at some point. But when you ask 10 times the same questions, at some point, well, you need to get on your two feet and on two feet and start to learn from what you've been taught, right? So, yes, I love to teach my knowledge, but I get on nerve when it's going here and it's going out. That's, but yeah, it's, I try to do it. I enjoy to do it, but at some point I'm just like, stop, stop. So, do you, do you stop on you? Do you have enough knowledge for the past five months? And go for it, right? Like, I've been self-taught. The first day I came to Canada, my boss told me, here's a truck. Okay, go to Edmonton. Like this, in the key. How it's working for paper? Oh, you drive for 15 years. Yeah, you figure. Right. First time I crossed the border, I did, oh, I did a mistake. He sent me to Minnesota. It was fine. It was going south. Then from Minnesota, I remember because from Minnesota, he sent me uh, to uh, St. Catherine, Ontario. From there, crossing back and um, load in uh, Buffalo, New York. But as soon as you load, you take a load in the States and you go back in Canada, you cannot go back in the States. Right? So I loaded it in Buffalo, New York. And it was closer, uh, faster to cross in Ontario and cross back to the States, to Michigan. No, I should have, either way, Go in Canada, stay in Canada all the way to Lexipayo and everything. But he never told me that was my first trip. Oh, I could have just go around to Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Chicago and everything. No, I crossed back in Canada. At the border, she asked me, where are you going? Well, I'm going to Regina. Okay. You're going to around the lake? Uh, no, I'm going to Michigan. Well, you cannot do that. Oh, whatever. And I kept going. And I crossed into Michigan. Not allowed to do that. So, and they were waiting for me at the border with border. And they stopped me eight hours there. Because for them, I was smuggling. Because United States, Canada, United States, Canada. Why you came back to the States? Shortest road. Right? You joking? No. Shortest road. I never thought I could do that. I, I was not allowed to do that. Right? So they call my boss and everything. Oh, it just started. So it was quite a story. But I learned from that, right? That's how I knew because I go Canada, States, Canada, States, right? You're in Canada, you stay in Canada, you in States. If you cross once, you don't cross back. And I cannot tell you, you can do it, right? right. The road makes you uh, being able to do it. You're not allowed to do it. And that's how I learned. That's why when I teach someone, and trust me, since then, I know it, right? So when I teach someone something, well, I like to 
do the same as me, remember, right? So you can ask a second time, it's okay, because it's a lot of information, especially with us. We do a lot of different kinds of stuff. We do everything. So the first time you load the 14 wide load, yeah, obviously it was a bit shaky, like me the first time. Okay. Now, but take some notes how to tie down this way, this way. Two weeks later, how we load that, uh, we tie down this 14 feet wide. I told you two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, make some skins, make some dance. But yeah, it's nice to, to talk to a new generation and everything. And, uh, and also, Going back to twerking, we have to talk about Humboldt. Just a sec, uh, what happened was terrible. But that makes happening now, next year, to have these 200 hours training, right? And that's a good thing for the safety of everyone. Unfortunately, every new thing safety happened because a drama happened. Um, what happened? So now we have, because we have really bad drivers on the road. I'm not saying I'm greatest drivers, but I mean, when you go in Ontario or Highway 5, now in BC, it's also like in the past, because it's eight overpasses in each, right? At some point, like, it's definitely right. I don't know, it takes one minute. Or it's an overpass, you shut down everyone daily, uh, daily basic life for trafficking and everything, trucking, industry and everything. So, unbold happened, it's unfortunate, but now we're going to have, I hope, better driver on the formation uh, starting point, right? They're going to have to go 200 hours in school and everything, and like we do in Europe, where in Europe it's even more, but I mean, and I hope someday you will have a trucking degree, you know, you go to school, because it's always make me funny, we are professional drivers, but it always make me laugh like we are professional drivers well if you look at europe in europe we really are because we have the degrees in trucking here we don't and i hope it will come for the safety of everyone your family my family family of everyone in canada and in the states right having driver more profit yeah you know the way i'm gonna say more professional yeah. not in the way they do the job in the way they are trained, right? Because it takes, it's not just driving. That's why I told that guy, trucking is not just driving. Everyone can go, even my kid, go there, just drive. That's not the job. Yeah. You have to think for everyone. Like, not not just you and not just like beside you though, like two miles ahead and then like, think for everyone. Oh, this guy's gonna do that. So you need to be prepared, you need to be trained. And I, and I do that for a long time, so I got that. But some new drivers, they just get in the truck, boom, go. Because they don't have that, those, those training, those formation, those like, it comes naturally, obviously, but maybe it can be trained. Yep. Agreed. That's why yeah. I'm glad in 2023 we will have that new training for new drivers. Yeah. Yep. But it helps. Agreed. Right. Yeah, no, you hit a lot there. And I think the, uh, I'm a visual learner for sure. And the fact that most of us carry some form of a smartphone, I loved when I could see something, I'm like, I'll run into this again. I'm going to take a quick picture. So that way 
I don't have to ask the second question unless I'm really not sure. Or maybe it's not the second time. Maybe it's the fifth time where I'm like, yes, I know what I'm doing. There's no more questions. It's just more so when the oddballs come up. So I think that is really important to say, hey, like the fact that you're willing to teach and there's other drivers that professional drivers out there that have years of experience are willing to teach. You also, like you said, you have to put in the legwork to actually learn it and not just have one year or one in one year, one out the other. So yeah, I think that's really important for sure. The, um, but yeah, I just think you shared a boatload of value today, man. And I'm just really grateful. So before we end though, there, you sent me a couple of pictures that I've included when we release our episode of your, uh, of your power unit. So can you talk a little bit about just bowline? So I'm a big fan of bowline logistics. And one of the big things is, oh man, it's, it's awesome to see in the power unit is rolling down the highway. So what truck are you running right now? And is that like, do you get to say, this is my truck? Like you're dedicated to that truck? Yeah, that's my my dedicated truck. So last year, I, I used to have a 279 Pilot wheel, uh, MX-13 Packer, uh, four. And uh, in uh, October, Tyler uh, sent me some pictures, like four pits, and this was the Western Star 4900. And uh, yeah, the, the new pits, they all have electronic dash, right? So um, I don't want that. And he sent me the Star, and they're all oh, old-fashioned. Right, I want this one. And he look at me and he say, Really? You gonna throw out your feet for the stuff? Did I mind I'm gonna do that? Yes. So I'm gonna be honest, I wasn't really digging into the color because it's yellow, right? As you can see on the picture. But it grew on me, on me a lot, a lot. And so I said, No, I'm gonna take that stuff. And as you can see, a bit, it's huge cab, flat floor, because this cab is one piece instead of two, like Canvas and, uh, and Pilabit. I got a, a DD15 Detroit, uh, 565 horsepower, uh, wonderful truck, amazing, silent, powerful enough to pull some heavy old, but I'm not gonna lie, he, he cried a bit when I was climbing, uh, a coquilla of it, but I was 175,000 pounds, so he, he was crying a bit, but he made it, and, uh, uh, I really love this truck, uh, his name is Eddie's Chariot, because I'm going to use Iron Maiden fan, as you can see in the back, right? Eddie says I over there. That's Iron Maiden mascot, and that's why I named it, because he's carrying Eddie, and with me too. So, I love this work. We have great equipment. Tyler is really a uh, classic lover, right? So, he's dedicated to our drivers who love that work, who take care of that work. I'm going to show you the outside, because it's... I just went to Saskatchewan, so I'm going to but, um, yeah, and now that's what grew on me, and it's yellow and white, and uh, you don't see much like those on the road, so I'm so proud of it, I put my name on the door, and someone noticed it on the LinkedIn, like, uh, when Tyler posted a, uh, a post on that road I have, and, uh, like, being grateful about the dedication and, like, planning time, and, like, uh, yeah, so I really... I'm really into this work, and then he's like six and a half months, he's like almost over double max. So, quite a journey already. Nothing ever happened. Just monkey skin. And <laughs> I really love it. Really love it. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that's a 4900S uh, Western Star. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. It's a uh, DD50 Detroit again. Yeah. yeah. And I love it. Good. Good. No, that was, that was a wonderful breakdown, too, because I think pride in your ride is really important. And the, uh, 
oftentimes when Tyler will post it on LinkedIn or I've seen you post a handful of times, Sven has posted a handful of times. I'm like, yes, like I love, I just love the pride. And I love the fact that you're, you're really proud of what you do and how you do it and how your team and how you're a family. Like, I think all in all, you just, you crushed it today, man. And I'm just super grateful. So the, um, there's always an opportunity at the end. So I will say if there's anything else that you would like to share, please, please do as we do come to an end. But again, I just, I am super thankful that a you're doing this when you're in the truck, you're doing this on the side of the highway, going to Kelowna, where's that's my hometown. And just, yeah, oh, I'm really, so oh, a beautiful place for sure. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as we do come to a close, was there any final things that you wanted to share? I just want to thank you, you for having me. It was a pleasure. Like I said, I was glad to open up. It was really, I really like the experience. And next year, a couple of years, home from them, whatever, or when I'll be at the end, we can do that again. I really, really enjoy it. So just a message for the people who might watch it, enjoy it. Don't leave right away because of my accent. Josh and I, we have fun. So try to go to the end. For him, obviously, because I really like you put yourself in Indian industries and uh, make drivers talking and owners and everything. I really like that. I really appreciate it. And thank you for everything. Absolutely. And yeah. we see you around. That sounds really good. Yeah, man. Continue to have a safe trip and thank you again. And I just, yeah, you've definitely, you've over earned my respect just learning more about your journey and your story and just really how you view industry. I think that's really important to highlight. And again, I'm just super grateful, my friend. So thank you so much. And yeah, hopefully the, the trip to Kelowna goes well. Thank you. Awesome, thank you, Josh. Have a good night. You thank too, you. man. Okay, thanks again. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thanks, bye. Francois, honestly, thank you so much for taking the time joining me on the Truck Focus podcast. It was awesome learning about your journey and how you became a professional driver in the first place by overcoming a serious injury, different adversity. And I'm just super grateful that you took the time to share just your journey, but also the pride that you have as a professional and the pride you have working at Bowline Logistics. I really valued the advice that you were sharing when we were talking about new drivers and how you as a coach in this industry, how it's super important that they're being diligent. New drivers. So you're being diligent and learning and taking notes and just being accountable. I think that was really huge, really key advice. And I can see how that's creating an impact us in the different drivers that you train. During our conversation, I also really valued the fact that you spoke so highly of Bowline Logistics, of Tyler, Miles, Cindy, and the team. Honestly, it was awesome. So thank you again. And before we end, I highly recommend to our listeners that you learn more about Bowline Logistics by visiting bowlinelogistics.com to see the services that they offer. I also wanted to take a moment just again to say thank you. So if this was the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus podcast, again, I welcome you to our community and I hope you enjoyed this Francois and I's conversation today. To our dedicated listeners, thank you so much again for taking the time to listen. It really does mean a lot just knowing that, again, you're investing time, but you're also applying the advice and the knowledge that's shared. It really does mean a lot. So as we end today, I'd just like to say, as always, let's create a pivotal impact.